Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you don't have any self-worth, when you don't have these roommates in your head tell you what a bad person you are all the time, it forced me to, instead of just lay in bed and say I'm cashing on my chips, mm-hmm. it's got me to do all this great stuff so I can get some love from the outside in. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Before the episode starts, I want to give a quick trigger warning that we do discuss different forms of sexual abuse and healing from those experiences. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. We've got the man, Jake Glazer, in the oh, house. So glad you're here, man. man. So grateful um, about what you're up to. Last time I saw you was in my gym, Unbreakable, Unbreakable right? Yes, yes. You came with, in there, Steve you lifted every weight in the place, <laughs> and we were never the same. Exactly, yes. <laughs> no, I'm unbreakable, yes. And now you live around the corner. Let's go, man. we got to get know. you back in there. I'm coming back in. Yeah, I the promise place I will. Is great. It's a great little community. I'm excited, man. Um, you've had an amazing story, and uh, your whole book, Unbreakable, is about how you turn depression, anxiety into really motivation that yeah. you can accomplish things without feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Mm-hmm. But you just told me before we started that you've had a panic attack since <laughs> 2005 until now every week. Is every it? week. Every week. Mm-hmm. How did you, now when I grew up, and I'm assuming when you grew up, I grew up in the Midwest, I was never able to talk about my feelings. Right. It was just like, suck it up. You grew up in the Midwest, I grew up in Jersey. (laughs) It's even harder for you. (laughs) But I was, we weren't allowed to talk about, you know, how I felt. Playing football, playing baseball, playing whatever, it was just like, suck it up, keep going. Yeah. When did you feel like it was okay to talk about feeling of anxiety, stress, mental health, when was this like a conversation you could have without being made fun of, laughed at, yeah. picked on, bullied, told you're a wussy or whatever it is? Yeah. No, I, look, for me, um, and you've talked about the motivation part, right? My, and I got, I have depression, anxiety, ADD, elemental P, whatever you, I mean, I got everything, <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, we talk about mental health, but who describes it? Mm-hmm. Like, God bless, bless me with the ability to communicate. And I want to like, be a service and, and give words. I was never, I was never, I don't want to say this. I'm going to say I was never shamed because there's been shame. Um, like I've been embarrassed to tell certain people mm-hmm. and not others. Um, but I also don't make up the rules of depression, anxiety. Right. It's not, my best friend's Michael Stray and I didn't really tell him until three months ago that I couldn't go out to dinner one night because I had a really bad attack. It just got me. And he's, so you want me to come over and talk? I said, no. Would you just get on the phone? No. He said, why have you never told me? I said, man, I don't know. Like, I just, with you, I felt embarrassed. I don't know. Really? But yet. Other people you didn't feel When I'm like, at Fox and the sky's falling, Howie Long will say, hey, 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 the sky's not falling. Yes, it is. And so I talked to him about it. And so, mm. right, the, I don't know. I have no idea why. Right. So why I came out and started talking about it is because I know I could help people, give them words. Yeah. And, you know. My own misery um, 
my own darkness. Like The Rock wrote the forward, yep. and he said, man, you're going to be a voice to get through the gray for a lot of us, us, him included, which is pretty wild, right? right. So, What does the gray mean to you? The gray is that depression, anxiety. So I'll tell you this. I wake up every single morning, and it hurts. And it sucks. Look, I get choked up talking about it. Because, I, I, you know, when I talk about it sometimes, I feel bad for this guy. Like, I don't know what it's like to wake up in the blue and, like, you have a, man, your life is great. And, and, I, and my life is great. Like, I'm sitting here doing a podcast with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome. You got great friends. You got a good it's business. Great. You're on TV. You People got... go, what do you have to be depressed about? My life is great, but in between my ears sucks. Mm. And it's just the only way I've ever... It's my earliest childhood memory. Has it always sucked? It's always sucked. Really? Always. Earliest childhood memory. And man, I was always in trouble because I was acting out. Um, but again, the motivation part, when you, have, when you live in this gray, you have no idea how to love yourself up from the inside out. I don't feel worthy of being loved from the inside out. Still today. Oh my God. It's on awful. A, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you love yourself. Zero. A lot. A, a negative zero. A negative... Even five. today. Man, it's awful. And Why is that? Why do you think that I, is? I, it's what it tells me. I kind of call it... Um, I wrestle with my abuser. Mm. And who's, the, who's the abuser? The depression, the anxiety. Those roommates in my head that tell me these uh, things that aren't true. And like I said, I, I know it's... Logically, it's not true. I know that. And I've had to build up this persona on TV all these years to hide it. Yeah. So my friends all say, Glazer's crazy. And that's a badge of honor and football and fighting in those worlds, right. but they never knew how much pain I was in. And until now, and then I, I first talked about it a few years ago, and I have a, a charity that I work with veterans, uh -huh. right, an MVP. So I talk about it openly to them. And we're veterans and ex-athletes, right? We, we merge them together, MVP, merging vets and players, and I see how much it connects with them. And one day I was just, I did an article somewhere where I was being this vulnerable how I am in the huddle with them, mm. with the rest of the world, and the reaction was like, oh my God, you too, you have depression, anxiety? I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I've never hit the crazy, if you will, and I just saw how the reactions, I was like, I could really be a service to people. Wow. And that's where I wanted to be. And I say the motivation part, because again, when you, don't, when you don't have any self-worth, or you don't have these roommates in your head tell you what a bad person you are all the time, it forced me to, instead of just, lay in bed and say, I'm cashing on my chips. Mm -hmm. It's got me to do all this great stuff so I can get some love from the outside in. Right. How do you get the love from the inside? I'm working on it. In. I'm yeah. working. And that, um, as I start doing things like this, I hear the effect I have on people. Mm -hmm. And there are days that, um, that I feel it. I, I think I feel, um, I cry a lot now of, um, and I think it's pride of, of being able to help people. And yeah. like, man, the number of people that have reached out, and again, in the book, I really describe what it's like to have depression, anxiety, what what's it's like to have these mental like? health issues. A lot of this, a lot of this self-worth, or yeah. like I wake up every morning feeling that the sky is falling. Every single day of my life, I wake up, sky's falling, the universe hates me, world's against me, and I've got to get myself out of that gray. I've got to work myself out of it every single morning. And there's different things I do. And I see therapists. <clears throat> I've tried a lot of meds. How long have you been seeing therapists for? Since I was about four. Really? Yeah. My parents took me to the psychiatrist like I was sure. a crazy one. Like, sure. Come on, gang. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a consistent thing you do as, as therapy support. Because I found yeah. therapy extremely helpful yes. for me because I felt like I was on a lower number of the spectrum for many years of lacking self-worth, which mm -hmm. 
I think a lot of people probably feel that yep. growing up in a challenging situation. And it's been extremely helpful for me to heal that inner child or that little You're grieving it, that yeah. little Lewis or the you know the yeah. psychology yeah. part of myself. I call it little Jason, which that's yeah. my real name. Yeah, exactly. You're big now. You I mean you're big? <laughs> I built that up. Of course, I built up warrior. It's a defense yeah. mechanism. It's yeah. a defense mechanism. When really the warrior side is not the strength of me. The vulnerability is the strength of me. That's where you make the biggest impact. There you go. Just like with this book and sharing yes. vulnerably, you're able to touch more yeah. lives than being like. Yes. bigger and stronger and tougher. Yeah, there's only so much I could make people laugh on TV or, you know, give them inside information, right? That's, and it, it it's definitely is a distraction from, that's mm -hmm. where we are. We're escapism yeah. on TV. But to really do something like this, I was saying, I was, I'm getting people now, I'm getting grandmothers reaching out saying, thank you for the first time in 80 years, I have the words to tell my, wow, <laughs> to crazy, tell my man. husband and kids and grandkids what I've been going through. Wow. Or... Girl dads saying, and now boy dads do, like a lot of them saying, well, I don't have it. And I'm like, yeah, I probably do. But I didn't know how to connect with my child. And right. now I do. And and the book is filled with expletives and F-bombs, this thing, because there's nothing pretty about what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so if you don't like curse words and, man, overlook it. Yeah. Or that's my, that's that's who I am. I just want right. to be authentic. Of course. And that's how I talk. Um, but I have a lot of them saying, I didn't know how to connect with my son or daughter. And now I do, and they got the books to read together or to just say, okay, now I know what they're going through. So when they wake up in the morning, again, I wake up in the morning every day of my life in the gray. It's never blue. And I've got to make that decision to get myself out of bed. And once I make that decision, I decide I'm going to be relentless in everything I do. Wow. Like, I'm just not going to let this thing win. But it, it's a, it affects me physically too. Like it's, um, when it- Does it feel like a weight? It feels like these chains. So it's both. So it feels like these. My, I wrote in the book like it was almost like these heavy chains are pulling my soul down. Oh that man! Way. And it's it's heavy. It's, it 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 hurts. And but when I'm having really bad days, like this past weekend, Saturday night, I woke up three o'clock in the morning, and it normally doesn't wake me up in the middle of the night. But man, the beast got out of the box and oh, it man. kicked my butt. And when that happens, I feel it behind my rib cage feels like I'm having a heart attack. Um, the left side of my gut, it's like, man, I get a gut punch for here. Oh, man, right? yeah. And my joints ache like I just got out of a, a, a fight, wow. a fight in the rain, like, like a 50-round boxing match. So it, there's a physical, visceral reaction for me. I've got to, and this is why I wrote the book, too, to get, give people ways to get out of it, at least the ways I've used to get out of it. And I got to do it every single day of my life. So what have been the, the strategies to get out of right. therapy, working well, out? The, the three temples I put in here yeah. is one, uh, have a team. Oh, of course. Don't do it alone. No, absolutely. But You'll go there, mad. we have teams all around yeah. us and we may not realize it. So I've always, like, you played football, right? Mm -hmm. That's a team. This crew right here is a team, team for you. Yep. My dog is a team with me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. God's a team with me. That one up there, you know. Um, there's, exactly. Uh, there's, I have a little group. So Fox and Bill Sunday is a crew, right? Mm -hmm. My your unbreakable crew. Unbreakable crew. My gym crew. Those are my team. And like this weekend, when I was struggling, called it, I called a teammate to come over. I called other teammates to let them know, man, today's just, it's a bad day. Um, just to check in on you, make sure I, he's good. I called Dwayne. Yeah. I literally, like, he's my battle buddy on this. Yeah. Call them. Dude, today's one of them freaking great days. It, Today hurts, and he stepped away from filming his 90 shows, and right, hey, right. hey, make sure he was there because I'm there for him, and wow. that's what teammates do. It's not a, it's, it's give give. 
Yeah. Right? It's loyalty. I've, I've gotten to where I am too at a loyalty. So it's mm. this loyalty factor. Right. Loyalty is a dying art, right? It's a rare, mm. rare art now. And more need to do that, I think. Um, so I, I have these teams. Yes. That's one. Number two is being of service. That's huge, man. That's so, my MO right, right there. Well, as I was, for everybody that I called this weekend to tell them I, I need help and, man, I'm struggling, I called the same number of people just to see how they were doing. Right. The same day or you mean before? Same day. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if, if I called four people to say I'm struggling, I called another four. Say, hey, well, checking in on you. Checking in on you. How you doing? Yeah. Being of service. Because what happens when you're of service in that depressed, anxious, stressful state? Does it feel like it helps you get out of it, it a gets, little bit? Yeah, so I, I, I hunt the blue. Mm. Right? You're not this focused on you, you're focused on others. And it's being of service. And I, in the book, I give several ways that I've always... And look, my first 11 years of my career, I was making 9,700 bucks a year living in New York City. Is it the TV, with TV or with yeah, that? When yeah, I was still, when I was working at New York One TV for 450 bucks a year. Oh, man. And I finally got a job at the New York Post for a whopping nine grand a year. Um <laughs> Trying to outwork the world, working yeah. 100 hour weeks, yeah. trying to be this reporter. Um, so I couldn't get like side jobs to help. Right. So I had no, I, my electricity got turned off all the time. Um, you know, heat, all that, all the time, get turned off. And I just grinded for all those years. It, you know, but even then, I figured out ways to be of service to whether it was just stopping talking to a homeless person. I still to this day will go to the little 99 cent store with my son. And go get toothbrush, toothpaste, handy wipes, band-aids, band-aids, socks, uh, soap, pen, pen, gloves. It's eight bucks. And I put them in a bag and I hand them out to homeless. Yeah. So you don't have to be loaded to go be of service. Yeah. But also just calling somebody saying, just checking up on you. Hey, man, just telling you I love you. Yeah. You know, or that's being of service. And it's 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 hard for the roommates in your head to tell you how bad you are when you are lifting somebody else up. Absolutely. So that's, that's huge. There's, I'm, so there's glad, two. I'm so glad to that. that's a strategy for you. What's number three? And, and by the way, therapists are part of the team also. Absolutely, right? so, yeah. And the third one is, is laughter. Is, that's what you do really well. I, I, laugh, I laugh a lot. I try and um, the gray hits laughter. And, mm-hmm. and I do see blue when I'm laughing. But I'll tell you this that most don't know. And nobody knew until I wrote this. Nobody knew. Again, I've had a panic attack started in 2005. I was in an empty Raider stadium doing a hit for Fox Neville Sunday. And it's weird for me to have had one because I'm like, I suck in calm, but I'm really, really good in chaos. Uh-huh. Yeah. So chaos of TV for me, it's, I feel safe you're, there. You're in the zone there, yeah. Great. So I don't know why it happened, but it was 2005. It was peaceful. No one was there. So nobody in the stadium but me. And it and stressed you out. It stressed you out. I, I don't know, but, I, but I've been on TV since 93. Right. So I don't know why 12 years in, it suddenly happened. Wow. But when I have an anxiety panic attack, walls cave in. Wow. My eyes start going like this. My hands start shaking. I start sweating. I feel like I'm having a heart attack. It's hard to breathe. Um, for an, and I've had it, it became habitual. So it's now between my ears. So every single time, I had a little mini one when we sat down here before. Wow. And um, it just became like habitual. But they're not dangerous. But for 10 years, I didn't know that I was getting my heart checked out. Wow. We didn't talk about panic attacks from 2005 to 2015, whatever. Like, no one knew who it was. That's why I'm trying to give these words for somebody to go, oh, that's what I have. Okay, so you're not alone. It's you're, A lot of us have them. Right. And it may not be every week. And everybody out there also... Like, I'm clinical depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. but we all have something now. It's a yeah, harder yeah. world these days. Social media makes it harder. We just came through a pandemic where we had to isolate. 
Right. Worst thing we could ever do, right? Right, especially if you're depressed. <laughs> especially if, but it, we're all going to have something now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because we compare ourselves to everybody else's filtered, filtered right. fraction of one second of one day. Right. And we think, and we feel left out. And we think, man, I'm not successful. Look what this person's doing. Look at that person. It's not real. Or the, the bullying and the hate we see on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The human condition is not made to see so much a thousand times a second. Right. It's just not meant to. Something's got to give. Right. So, man, I'm trying to lead us all through to start giving together and be kinder to each other. But the laughter part, when you see me um, forcing a joke, the mm. first segment of Fox, it's because I'm having a really bad one. Really? And <laughs> so that's why you tell the, that's why you tell the joke. So if you see it and you're like, well, that didn't fit. I'm trying to get myself out of a panic attack. You're trying to get back in the zone and, and focused and present. So yeah. I'll, I, yeah, because I'm, man, it's, um, when I'm having this a panic and anxiety attack, it's, yeah, you're not, it's, man, it's weird. It's like I'm not there. Again, I'm having all this wow. physical stuff, but it's like I'm sh- over there or some. It's just, I'm not, I don't know, it's, I'm not there. I'm, I am, I'm somewhere else deep behind my eyes, somewhere yeah. else. So the quicker I can make you laugh or me laugh, or, I get out of it, and it usually only lasts two, three minutes. Right. Maybe five. And then it moves on. Yeah. For the most part. I've had ones at Super Bowl a couple years ago last an hour and a half. I have no memory of the first hour of our show. Oh, my gosh. How much does that suck? That sucks. Biggest show of my life. Uh, 100th anniversary of the NFL. Oh. And, and none of the guys knew I was experiencing this until this. And then Strahan said, why don't you tell us? I said, because I don't want to bring, bring down your day on live TV. You know, now... If I have one when we're off the air, I'll say, hey, uh-oh, it's coming on. Whew. And, you know, I'll tell, I usually lean on Howie and, and Kurt Menefee yeah. a lot for that. Or, um, yeah, I, I'll be open about it now. Right. So I just won't suffer in silence anymore. What's the, I mean, 2005 was the first time you started really yeah. having them, right? What do you think was the, the shift from not having them to having them in 20, 2005? No idea. And that's the thing. It's like, not only that, it's not like I had a great story that day. Um, right. I remember it was D'Angelo Hall and Terrell Owens got in a fight on the field. They had some others, and they didn't talk to anybody but me. So I'm like, hey, I got this great exclusive. Uh-huh. So I had great stuff. Nobody was in there. It was actually really peaceful. I have no idea why my abuser decided to step up that day. I got no idea why I decided to step up the morning of the Super Bowl right before we're about to redo the Immaculate Reception with Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris like, are you kidding me, man? Right, right. <laughs> Little Jason's dream of dreams. Oh, and man. I, got, I don't have any memory of it. It wasn't until I got in the car with Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Menefee, we started busting chops and laughing, where I got through it. After the fact, yeah. Yeah, we were going to the next site. Yeah. We, you know, we had a three or four hour pregame show, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, you've worked with thousands. By, by the way, that day, I just got to tell you this. Yeah, Because yeah. the laughter part. Again, it's the 100th anniversary of the NFL, right? Yes. It's centennial, the NFL. We're standing on the field, on the sideline. Ball just kicks off. It's Terry Bradshaw, Harry Long, me, Strahan, uh, Tony Gonzalez is standing over there. Kurt Menefee, Jimmy Johnson, we'll stand there. And Terry Bradshaw, who is the funniest dude you ever meet, legit funny like that. He says, "You know what? This hundredth anniversary, of the NFL thing, this worked great. This centennial, this this thing went great." We said, "Yeah, it was great," and we did it all year long. He said, "Great." He said, "We should totally do this again next year." <laughs> and we all went. What did you just say, dude? <laughs> he literally just like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. hundred years. He is. <laughs> but I'm sorry to cut you. That's off. great, man. That's, that's the ADD part cutting you no, off. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> Side stories are classic. Um, 
you've trained or you've worked with or have trained and have also just seen thousands of athletes and yeah. pro athletes come through your facility and over the years train them. What would you say is um, the level of which the high level athletes face mental health, stress and anxiety? Or do you feel like most of them don't face that? They all face it. Really? You can't be great and not have some crazy. Yeah. Like your work ethic, you just, it's, it's not normal, right? right? Right, And that's good. Like I want us to embrace it. Like I say, I'm messed up but I'm good with my messed upness. Yeah. Right? Look at the stuff you've done. Yeah. You're not normal. Right. I don't think, I think most of us aren't normal. And what makes us not, not normal is we outwork the world, not by a little, mm. by a lot. You gotta have, you gotta be off to put those hours in mm. when no one's watching. Right. Right? Not since when everybody's watching. It's those hours when everybody else is, when nobody's watching. Yeah. But um, to be on that level, right? And I, this is what I tell, and. Anybody, right? You played arena ball. Mm -hmm. You playing football, right? Is not who you are. But what's behind your rib cage that got you to beat out millions and millions to beat your record holder in NCAA? Mm -hmm. That's one of one. That right. that no one could ever take that from you. Right. And too many feel like, oh man, I I didn't do enough or I didn't go here or I didn't go there. Yeah, you did. Like you playing the NFL or you playing arena ball is not who you are. What's behind your rib cage that makes you so much different than everybody else? That's who you are. And that suddenly doesn't just go away. It's mm, always there. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. 
And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. But who reminds you of all that, right? So like right. even you were telling me, well, I didn't do No, no, no. You played arena ball, dude. Yeah, I never right, got to right. that level. Yeah. The, I got paid to world, play ball. You got play, yeah, most yeah. of the world didn't get right. to that level, right? right? You, were, you were a top-level athlete in decathlon, right? Yeah. Just there's something different about you there. Yeah. We all have something different about us. we got to find what that is. For me, like, do I wish I could have played football? Yeah. I'm a five foot seven Jewish guy. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> right. right. Your so, parents were like, let's just yeah, play some yeah. chess or something. <laughs> and then for me, I got into mixed martial arts early. Yeah. Um, because I actually I felt like I belonged in a cage. Mm, That's what led you me. Felt there. Like an animal. I felt, but not only that, I felt like I belonged there and I felt like I deserved to lose. Really? Yeah. That, Why? That, that's what my self-worth was. Wow. So that was the easiest place for me to kind of take beatings. And it's not like my dad didn't beat me growing up or anything like that. So it was just my self-worth. And it wasn't until I started really, I started coaching. Fox made me stop fighting in 2003 or four. Um, I only had two fights. See, I just did it right there. I only had two fights. Right, like, right. At least you fought. But that, yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> you did it. I started minimizing myself yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. And that's what I'm that's trying like to get. Me too. I only played the arena that's ball. What I, that's, I was just getting, I knew about that. Yeah. Now I just did it, right? <laughs> I took those three steps up in, and it did make me feel special because we were kind of like the island of misfit toys back yeah, then. Yeah, of course. It was, it was just pre big UFC. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, and it still makes me feel special from my physical scars from it. So when Fox made me stop fighting, I learned how to start coaching guys. Mm. And that's how it came to about, about where I opened up the gym Unbreakable, and I've coached yes. a thousand something NFL players, full teams. Right. Um, Wrestle every single one of them. Wow. Get in there with every one of them. Sure. And like it's that's my that's my own messed upness. Um, <laughs> when I have when I have a fight team, the roommates of my head talk a lot nicer to each other. Yeah. And so I've always bragged about these physical scars, even like internally when I walk in a room, like, man, I ruptured L4, L5 four times and L1, L2 twice from wrestling with Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell and Andrew Whitworth and Lane Johnson and this guy and that guy. But we don't brag about our mental scars. So mm. that's what I'm trying to do now. Is, man, it's it's time I give myself a break and learn how to brag about the stuff I've overcome mentally. Right? That's what we have to do. Like we can't. What, ha what happens when we start to talk about it? What happens to us physically, mentally, when we start to bring it out it to light as opposed to hide it yeah. and should be shamed about it? We don't it. have a secret anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just it's this relief. Yeah. Like, and I'll tell you this too: the fear of someone's gonna tell us to suck it up, or oh, come on, man, just you know, you're being a wuss or whatever. Yeah. Every single person, 100% that I've opened up to about this, it's brought me closer together with them. 100%. Vulnerability is the yes. key to connection in my mind. Yes. I, um, I talk about this openly on my, on my show, but when I was five, I was sexually abused by a man that I didn't know. And for 25 years, I held on to the secret, mm. the shame, because I thought to myself, yeah. if anyone knew this, no one would love me. And so mm. it was the shame that I held on man, to. that's a lot. And it's a lot I, to overcome. It's a lot, man. And so it drove me yeah. to become bigger, faster, stronger, you know, protect yeah. myself, kind of like what you were talking about building this defense mechanism. But 
it left me feeling less connected to people emotionally mm. because I wasn't able to tap into that vulnerability. It wasn't until about nine years ago I started opening up and it was like this weight yeah. came off me. And also, like you said, all my relationships got stronger. All of them. And how many people did you help? Because they're like, dude, oh, so many. Happened man. to me too, right? So many men Good started you, emailing man. me. Good for you. I wrote a book about it, the whole thing. Good for and you. it's like, that was my most downloaded podcast in 1,200 episodes. Wow. And it was the one that made the most impact when I talked about the journey for the first time. And it's just like what you're doing now. It's helping so many people give a voice and give words, like you said, to what their challenges might be faced with in their head. I'm curious. Just on that. Yeah, go ahead. So I know it, it, look, it beyond suck that happened to you. Yeah. It's the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. But if it didn't, like, like, think how many... Think how many lives you saved because it did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That one day, it, you open man. up, think about, and like the my co-author here, I Sarah, I only chose her because she overcame cancer. Wow. And she didn't know why. I sent over the last chapter about it, and I said, I know it sucks you had cancer. I know it. But you came through that other side of that tunnel, and it didn't break you, and that's why I chose you. Right. So I know it sucks because you went through it. You're going to save people's lives. So that's the thing. We've got to use our our pain and the things that have happened to us to help others. And I'm not saying it's ever going to be worth it, but who knows the people's lives that you've saved and the good and great they go on to do. Absolutely. You never right? know. You never, you never know the ripple of the, I'm proud of you, man. the I'm impact. Proud. Thanks, I'm man. proud to be here with you. That's I appreciate cool. it, man. Thank yeah. you. And I, Very strong. I started talking about it, yeah, I don't know, I guess seven years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago. And I remember feeling terrified because at the time, yeah. seven, eight years ago, I never saw any guys talking publicly about, especially who kind of looked like me, the right, former right. athlete jock, opening up and talking about any of this stuff. So I was so scared. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to lose my business. No one's going to like me. No one's going to follow me. Like, and no one's going to be yeah. friends with me. And it was the opposite. It was kind of like it allowed me to connect with my audience even even stronger. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing as well, is showing a side of yourself yep. that really connects people, your athletes, and you know, getting followers. And be proud of our scars. Absolutely. These are, this, no matter what happened to you, it's something you overcame. Absolutely. So we can look at it as, this is something that happened to me. That broke me or that. Or something that I overcame. Yeah. So we have a, a, a girl named Andy Ward um, who is, and I can talk about it because she talks about it. Um, she's a member of MVP. Uh-huh. She came in to... Uh, she's now, well, she came into our MVP sessions, an MVP up here. In, it, we're in seven cities right now, but in LA, we train in Unbreakable. We take yep. the combat vets and, and athletes, and we merge them together on Wednesday nights. It's free to all of them. And we train for about a half hour just to give that burn. But then after we have these mental health talks and these huddles, and man, they have the sexual trauma that oh, they've man. opened up about oh, in man. there has been just, wow, well. It's probably healing for so many to talk about it and and really release it, absolutely. And every one of us is just, man, we got your back. We are there for you. Well, Andy, um, for the first year and a half, Andy, we met Andy, she was homeless. Um, And I think she was living on the VA campus by then. Um, But Andy's, and she came in, she didn't say a word for the first year. Just came in, didn't say anything. And after a year, she's like, wow, these, these, these are brothers and sisters. I could, it's a team I could, a vulnerable team. Wow. And she finally, the stuff she's held on to, she finally opened up. And um, she was, she grew up in a cult. She was wow. uh, repeatedly, repeatedly grown up by um, 
her father. She used the military to get away, and then she was in East oh Africa. Oh, my gosh. And then came back over here, homeless, um, drugs, alcohol. Oh. She is now my second highest ranking female executive at oh MVP. Oh, my gosh. It gives me chills. <laughs> she is. So she talks about this now. Wow. And last year, we had Josh Burris, in, um, who's the CEO of GNC, and he was listening to a session. She was opening up. She goes, guys, today's this anniversary of this, this, this. And she starts opening up. And she's like, for the first time, I have brothers who get my wow. back. I have men who get my back. And Josh Burris is like, oh, my God, this person just said all this. Public, oh, my God. And he said, I'm donating a million dollars right now Wow. to MVP. And it was because this woman was so vulnerable and open with us, Andy. Oh, and she's like, she went from homeless to our second highest ranking female executives. And she works at Unbreakable too. She's amazing. Wow. So when you when you turn your we just had a, a Dallas chapter opening. She went down there and spoke with me and Dan Quinn, who's a defense coordinator down there, and a bunch of us. And Troy Aikman was there and a bunch of people were there. And Andy told her story. And afterwards I said, How do you feel? And she said, I think pretty cool. And I said, <laughs> You're the biggest rock star in this room right now. Wow. There are people, and she goes, I actually am feeling it. And she said, But you know what? I deserve to. It was my suffering. I'm like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, we've all, this, is, this isn't heaven where we live, right? It's not going to be perfect. We've all had really bad things happen to us. We could overcome it, mm-hmm. right? And we could use it to motivate us, or we could let us just, let it beat us down. And it's right. easier to let it beat us down, but that can't be the option that yeah. I want us to all take. But it's more worth it overcoming it. Absolutely. What Look was, how good you feel. Now, I right? know. What was the biggest, the first thing you felt like you had to overcome early in life? No, it was, it was so I was tiny. Um, it was, growing up in Jersey, being the smallest one in, in a room all the time. You were getting picked on a lot, uh, probably, yeah. It, we, not even, yeah, but not even picked on one. Yeah. I just, I couldn't fight, but I was, you know, I wrestled 101 pounds in high school. Right. I was 101. Right, so <laughs> kind of always kind of got left. I was a few years behind everybody. Mm-hmm. So that was always hard. But I was always kind of this in-your-face type of cat. But it was in-your-face. I, I knew I could only get a certain point. Um, <laughs> In-your-face yeah, until you started until they, yeah, beating me up. Yeah. Until the guys who were 200, just like on <laughs> 101. Um, but I've always been like a tough kid, but I couldn't really do a lot about it. Uh, and and I just also, yeah, I just never felt loved growing up. That was the hardest thing never for me. felt loved. Did yeah, your parents love you? Yeah, and I, I just didn't. I just didn't feel it. I just didn't, yeah. And then actually, I'd go upstairs at night. I always get punished because I'd lash back out. Uh-huh. And I was always, and I was afraid of the dark. And I just started talking to God by myself. Like, really? Oh, yeah, just, no one taught me. I just did. And that's my choice to have faith. Yeah. I believe in a loving God and it was like my best friend parent. And that's, great. that's my choice. It's not, not a hateful God where I'm getting punished for everything. Yeah. And, which is weird because I always feel like I Punish deserve yourself. to be punished. Yeah. Right? It's kind of yeah. odd Interesting. that I think that way. What was the biggest lesson you learned growing up and who taught you that lesson? Biggest lessons were from my dad. Outwork the world and be loyal and your dreams will come true. Wow. Absolutely. From your dad, huh? From my dad. Outwork the world and be loyal. So loyalty was, man, it's always, it's my brand. That's cool. And I have just worked my butt off my whole life to make sure, like I, I got a, a text from a Navy SEAL buddy of mine the other day. He said, I had a dream the other night that Man, I was about to get jumped in these football stands, and you were right behind me, and he just said, I was good, because you were there. And it's just like, it's just this loyalty, and he goes, we all wow. know you're there for us. That's nice. And I was like, that's, yeah, that that fills me up. But they know I am. Like, drop of a dime, 
if you're stranded anywhere in the world, you know to call me and wow. I will drop everything for you. That's and, cool. and I kind of view it, I view everybody like I'm going to be so loyal to them, hoping it's going to sound a little morbid here, so loyal that I'll end up being their pallbearer. Wow. Right? That's as loyal as you get. And if I can get 10 or 15% of my crew to treat me back the same way, I got a pretty good little team around me. And you got 15 pallbearers for you, too. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, wow, man. What was the biggest lesson your mom taught you? Um, biggest lesson my mom taught me. My mom, so I have a million, I have six careers I do at the same time. <laughs> my mom did the same thing growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So she was like a stay-at-home mom, but she started all these businesses in the house. And they ended up starting uh, preschools for communicationally handicapped children. Oh, wow. So I worked at those wow. my whole life growing up. And that's actually how I got diagnosed with ADD in 1989. Through them, it, it took me to, they had a, one place over by Princeton University and they brought me in and this is 89. So I got diagnosed with, with that. I got put on Ritalin, which, oh, man. oh talk about messing up your brain chemistry. Um, and then I have to go tell my teachers, hey, I got this new thing called ADD and, and explain it. And they're like, and I was like Ferris Bueller. They're like, oh, yeah, you, know course, what? Yeah. <laughs> you need to take a pill and step out of the room. Yeah, whatever. Right. So, yeah, they didn't. No, and then I was in, it was my first year of college, or my first year I didn't get kicked out of college. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I had to educate college professors. Yeah. And then I was also trying, and I've tried to do this, and I write a lot of this in the book, don't call it a learning disability. Mm. What like, should we call it? ADD. It's also, they've decided to lump it in all together, ADD uh -huh. and ADHD. Not, like, my kid has ADD, and they call it ADHD. He is not hyper at all. Right. So they kind of lump things in, but also like, man, when we're growing up and they say, oh, this kid has a learning disability, there's a negative connotation to it. Absolutely. We just don't learn like everybody else. Right. It's not a disability, but I know the way I learn is way better than the way that teacher right. over there may right. learn or that coach over there. Or, you know we just what didn't like, learn well in school we format. Yes. We didn't uh, learn their way. Sports and in the world, right. we were able to connect with people and learn in other ways. Right. But if you brought them into a, a, a football meeting room and they couldn't pick up your playbook, would you right. call them disabled? No. They shouldn't call us disabled. That's uh, true. Yep. Yeah, it's just, just not good at that thing. Not good at that. Yeah. It's not disabled. We're just, yeah. it's, we don't pick that up. Right. We're not going to call you disabled because you can't pick up a playbook. That's right? true. And, and that, that would always hurt me a lot when they would say yes. that. And I was, you, I was a remedial English early and yeah. here I wrote a book. So I know I almost flunked out of English my senior <laughs> year. My, my teacher, my, my senior uh, year teacher, she was like, Lewis, you can't go to college if you don't finish high school uh, English class. And so she was great at just like tutoring me every day after class, like trying oh, really? to help, trying to help me just yeah. get a passing grade so I could go play football. Yeah, wow. That's, my parents got me a tutor every day. Yeah, man. my class, it's I just worst. didn't get it. It's the like, worst, man. It's hard to remember. I would read like pages in a book and just have to keep rereading yeah, the same back. pages and it's be awful. like, after an hour, you're like, this is pointless. <laughs> I'm gonna fail anyways. Yes. What's the point of doing this? So I skipped the reading comprehension part for my SATs. Yeah. So skipped I was just it. like, skipped it. Yeah. I knew I had no shot. But clearly, I'm not learning disabled. Right. Clearly, it hasn't held me back from reaching my dreams. Absolutely. I have accomplished my dreams. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's there are certain things I'm good at, certain things I'm not good at. We all have that. Let's not call us disabled mm -hmm. in any way. What's the uh, three proudest moments of your life? Um, three proudest that, moments that come life. to your mind. You know, obviously, if you have more time to think about, it, but what's the first thing that came to mind? Three proudest moments okay, from so early childhood till now. When I started getting comfort with the Giants for all those years, 
just broken and broken. Mm. The first day I walked in that giant locker room in 1993, which is already four years into my career, finally got a break for that 450 bucks. It was like nothing. Um, but it was my first real job. I walked in that giant locker room and I said, okay, I have no education compared to everybody else in there. I have no, this is the mecca of you know television, sports, uh -huh. New York City. I have no experience. How could I be different? And for me, I try and preach that to people. Let's not be a face in the crowd. Let's right. be the crowd. Be your own crowd. Yeah. That's what stands out, right? Absolutely. You're different. Everybody, we're different. So how could I be different? So what'd you do? So I said, number one, if these reporters here work, I said, I'll be the last dude standing. Mm. So if they work 40 hours a week, I'm not going to outwork them by a little. I'm not working by a lot. A lot. So I'd work 100 hours a week. Jeez. And I had, I couldn't afford subway to bus to Giant Stadium and back every day. So Michael Strahan drove me into New York City. How'd you convince him to drive you? Nobody talked to him for like, Michael didn't like make it till his fifth year. Right. No one talked to him. He got drafted to be the, the top pass rusher of the Giants to replace Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor's still on the team. Right. Michael has bad teeth and a speech impediment and comes from Germany. Wasn't a good thing, right? So no one talked to him. And those other reporters didn't talk to me. We met our first ever days on the job, ever. Wow. And latched on each other. And we just, every day, and what I would also do is I would get these other reporters. So, so he would drop you off? Every day of my life. So I own <laughs> I own about $29,000 wow. in Lincoln Telefair. <laughs> and like, but Michael validated me to other players that you could trust right. this guy. He's right, loyal. Right, right. But I also did the other thing I did is I said, okay, A, I'm not working by a lot. B, I'm not mm -hmm. going to use my pen as a weapon. I back I'm not going to call, you know, talk bad about them. It, well, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to use my pen as a weapon. Back then, it was, everything splashed on the back pages was bad, right? I said, I'm going to start relationships. I have more in common with these players than I do my fellow reporters. reporters yeah. So I'm going to start relationships. It was so frowned upon back then. Really? Oh, my God. They used to kill me and Michael. Now that's all they want to do is try to build relationships but to I, get the story. I started a different way of doing wow. it. So I had every scoop and every story. But that's the smart thing. Build a relationship, the scoops will come. If you go for the one scoop, you burn you yourself burn forever. Relationship. Short-sighted. Yeah. But I also, again, me needing a team. Even though I was the reporter and they were the players and the coaches, that was a, they're my team wow. for my own mental health. Of like course. I latched onto them. I needed that. So it took me, again, overall 11 years to get a full-time job. Wow. But I just kept going. I kept crying. And what I did, too, is I got those players that I was covering and the coaches to see my plight. Man, this guy's so broke, but he's the first one here by hours. He's the last one here by hours. We want to see him make it. Like, I got them to see wow. my plight. I collected more of a team around me to walk this walk together with me. Finally, in 1999... I am on a, a, a driving range on Randall's Island with Tiki Barber, the Giants running back. Yeah. And my agent is still with me, Maury Gostrand, who, again, I got turned down by 20 agents. I'm just, I was just trying to build this team that mm -hmm. it's not just me like, like doing this. And he just happened to be home sick one day and saw me doing a free show on Channel 5 there. And he's like, oh, this kid's good. Um, he calls me up and he says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm playing golf with Tiki, <laughs> a little driving range. He said, okay. And I get choked up here because um, this is my moment. There's mm -hmm. only time, there's a few times in life when mm -hmm. we really find out who we are. And this wow. is one of them. And he said, you can exhale. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we finally got you a full-time job. Now, this is 11 years of, and let me back up. Not only did I outwork these guys, I was trying to get a job every week. 
of my life. I got rejected more than any human being you'll ever see in your life. But that relentlessness I told you about of me having that depression, anxiety, I had to go for something bigger. So I felt that love from the outside in so hard. I'm like, I'll be rejected over and over and over and over and over. Just constantly rejected. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And, um, and I had this thing where actually every week, so for six days I got rejected. I covered the Giants, covered the NFL, grinded, grinded, grinded. It's exhausted. Swimming upstream. And... Again, I told you I'm real spiritual and I've read in a prayer book to the fourth commandment, God commands you to take a day off and drink some wine. So yeah. like, don't try, he was a good time, right? Yeah. I take it literal. Every week, I take one day and say, okay, whatever happened this past week, it's done, it's over. Like all the rejection, let it go. Yeah. it's over. Yeah. And I'm giving myself a day to heal, one day. And literally after that one day, I would look up to God and say, okay, God, I'm not asking you to get me this job. I'm not asking you to help me win this interview, and I think we do that too much, right? I'm not asking you to get me money. All I'm asking you is you pick me up, brush me off, and let's keep walking this walk together. Yeah. Right? So I've that's never beautiful. felt fully alone, right? Wow, that's beautiful. It, it's, and, I, and I didn't look at it as 11, an 11 year span of being rejected. I looked at it as 11 years of one week periods. Interesting. So it's so, much more easy to manage. Because I've like, been going for a decade and nothing's I, happening. I have a thing in here. It says you never know what lies around next Tuesday. Absolutely. I was always hunting for that next Tuesday when something happened. Mm. Well, finally, 11 years in, that Tuesday came. Wow. So he said you can exhale. And what did he say? We got you a job. And I said, he said, you finally got a full-time job. I said, with who? He said, the NFL today on CBS. They just got football back. I said, oh. he said, you're going to be their NFL insider. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> and he said, don't want how much it's for? And I said, I don't give a it's more than what I'm making now, probably. <laughs> I said, and here gets the choked up part. I said, Maury, this was my like validation. When I walked in that giant locker room all those years later and I said, I will be the last dude standing, wow. this validated that. Like all this stuff I've done, all the rejection, it validated it. And I said to him, before you tell me the salary, if it took me another 10 years to get this, I would have done it. And it's and it takes and listen, it takes a lot out of you. It does beat your soul down. And it was for 50 grand a year, and it was the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my life. Wow. At that point. Like, so you, it's a long story there, but... 2005, is that what that was? No, or? no, no, 99. Oh, 99 when you yeah. got this. 2005, I went to Fox. To Fox, yeah, gotcha. Four, 2004, um, gotcha. I went to Fox. So and five years later, you got the Fox. 
Yeah. And that was more than 50K. It was, well, <laughs> what happened when I, I got the 50 grand from CBS, and also that internet thing came out. Of course. Which I think is going to take off. You should invest in it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I became the first minute-by-minute minute breaking news guy in America. Me, John Clayton, who just passed away, and Len mm. Pasquarelli, um, we were kind of battling out, and no one did that back then. So before us, there was no, mm. it was you had to wait for the newspapers the next day. And before us, there was no crawl on the bottom of the screen. So we started it, and um, so I got an extra 50 from CBS Sportsline to do that. Nice. And another 25 or 35 from local CBS to do the Jets Giants. So I went from 9750 bucks a year to 135 grand. Yes. Pretty good coin back then, too. Oh, my God. It was just... 99? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good money back right then. Yeah. But again, what I, what I realized is, as I started moving up the ladder, and then Fox saw me from CBS, which uh-huh. obviously way better fit, my wallet's not an antidepressant. It's not an antidepressant. What do you mean by that? I thought when I made it big, big, big... Mm-hmm. There was going to be rainbows and unicorns. That's why I've worked so hard to, man, look where I am now. I've had, now, now, I've had a lot of those moments. So it's, it was definitely, there's two sides. There's, it was, there's a lot that's better. Like I've right. been broke and I've been unbreakable. Right. Right? But when you're broke, there's a lot of things like I had nothing to lose. Yeah. So I didn't have that fear of losing stuff, that anxiety. Now when you have all this, you're so horrified you're going to lose it. Really? So you have more anxiety now than then? I think so. I think you just petrified to lose it all the time. Wow. And it's like, Maybe yeah. that 2005 was when you went to Fox. Yep. And there was more to lose then. Well, now, as I've gotten to this level, right, it's right, like, right, yeah. you know, that whole more money, more problems thing. And yeah. it's all different type of problems. But I just think right. that you know, when you get when you work so hard and you finally do make it, you're so afraid to lose it. You don't want to lose it. Yeah. You almost, it's almost like fighting um, not to lose instead of to win. Yeah. So, so I've, had to, I've had to alter that. I've had to make sure I yeah. recognize it, just go and like, hey, play. just, play just for be you, me. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just be me, you know? But it's, look, it's, it's all, and a lot of it too is like, I don't think logically a lot because those roommates in my head yeah. don't like me to have joy. Like don't, so anytime I want to enjoy something, you don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. So that, I think that's part of it also. I don't yeah. know if it's for everybody. Sure. It's part of it for me. And, and, and listen, I'm a work in progress, man. Yeah, of course. Right? We all are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to learn to get there. That's why I'm, you know, I keep doing things like this to hope that, okay, maybe this is the thing that's going to help finally get me to meet in the middle wow. where I could feel that worth from the inside out. And I, it's like I know I'm worthy of being loved. So here's the crazy part. I know I'm worthy of it, but I don't feel like I deserve it. Really? Or, no, it's probably the other way around. I feel like I deserve it, but I don't feel like I'm worthy of it. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah, if, I'm, I'm kind of doing a little. Stuff. When was the time you felt the most loved? Mm. And this isn't good because this isn't real love, but like yeah, when I would like would break huge stories in the NFL and everybody would be like, oh my gosh, when again I was yeah. ahead of the game in this and it was like, man, I was the first one doing this. It's like on a different like I had the Spygate video. Mm. That was a crazy time in my life. That. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my second week in Fox, and that's the biggest scoop in the history of sports. The actual video when the Patriots got caught, you know, filming the Jets coaches sure. and, and cheating. But you're asking me like the love that that's not a real love. Yeah, I felt cool. admired, and people like, oh my God, this is like, you know, this is this is different. Amazing. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah. But the most loved, I don't know, the, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, I don't know how to answer. You, it. Got, you have a son, right? Mm-hmm. Love of the sun, or 
with yeah. friends or family. Yeah. I mean, but you one, said one most, had a, I don't know how to. I don't when have you had the most love? Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like. I enjoy being with my friends. I, I yeah. love being with them. But you don't feel loved. I, I don't yeah. Feel, yeah. And I always feel like mm, they're going to catch on soon to this fraud that I am because I'm, you know, I'm this terrible person inside. And wow. that's, what, that's what tells you a lot. Yeah. That's why you why have a mask on. Why do you think you're a terrible person? That's what it tells me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But my mother asked me that recently. She said, do you, because she sees how exhausted I am from it. Yeah. It exhausts me. Yeah. And. She said, how do you, and I told her how bad, and I don't say to her, how bad I do view myself. She's like, what? She's like, look at all the good you do. I said, I, I, I know, but I, I just don't feel that I deserve that, right? And, yeah. um, or I'm worthy of that. And she said, that's to be exhausting. And I said, so exhausting. So I said, mom, when I don't get right back to you, that's why, like, I'm going through it. Right. Right. And. It's, it is it's totally exhausting. So yet all I want to do is be loved, and then people kind of reach out to love me. I'm already so tired from what You can't receive does. the love, yeah. yeah. It's hard to receive it, man. Yeah. Well, that was, that was your one of the most proud moments, you said, yeah. when you got that phone call. Yeah. What was the second and third most proud moments, would you say? Mm. Man. And it can be a you big choose, thing. It can be a small so, thing. It can be... Look, I, I would say um, when I first started MVP... That was that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> having um, having come out of that say like, man, thank you, you saved my life. Yeah, that's that's got me a lot. Or our, 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 we have another employee named Denver Morris, um, who's my who's our national outreach director. We met him. He was living in a homeless shelter, coming off his third suicide attempt. Wow. He still first time he told him that man, you saved my life. Like, oh my God, MVP saved my life. And those moments, now I, there's a lot of those. Yeah, that's those, nice. Those get me. Um, I had one two days ago from one of our guys here. Hey, brother, just checking in on you. Hope you're doing well. I'm coaching in the weekend with a positive mindset. Love you, brother. Next time you look in the mirror, tell that guy thanks for saving my life. Wow. <laughs> tell that guy thanks for saving my life. Wow. That's Grateful pretty... you've made this impact in the world. See, I can't, like, hey, listen. Wow. I've, I'm a, you know, no one's questioning my manhood. I could drop, cry in a drop of right. a dime. I can sit there and be like, oh, Glazer's a wussy, so, but let's yeah, yeah. think about that. To me, Bill, just read this to you. Man. It's pretty, so these come in a lot, so there's a lot of proud moments now. Yeah. And it's for me being of service to people. It's, that's pretty cool. That's incredible, yeah, man. It's pretty cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. What do you see? <laughs> I mean, you, you've accomplished so much in yep. the last. Really, in the last 20 years, I guess, 23 years since you, well, I call it 30 years since you started the journey for 11 years yeah. of going after I'm the dream. I'm 52 now. I yeah. look fantastic, don't you I? You look great, man. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, getting the job, you know, the, the bigger job, and then then on Fox, and then yeah. Hall of Fame and TV, and all these, you know, Unbreakable, and all the thousands of athletes that you work with. and all Don't forget friends. ballers. Ball, Five dude, years on Ballers. Dude, that's one of my favorite shows, Heck man. yeah, absolutely. You got a great role in that I, show. I know. Yourself. Like a great-looking Jewish reporter. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't follow my lines because I couldn't remember them. So I just... You just make it up and yeah. And I just mess with Dwayne. So that's, that's the whole amazing. thing. Like, that's actually... Like, we've been close for a while, but we really started having mental health talks way back then. Really? Yeah, we get real vulnerable what, with each other. What's the biggest lesson DJ has taught you in the space of mental health and also in just life? Man, he is... He saw me a couple weeks ago on... TV promoting this, and he called. He said, "What's up?" So we mean. He said, "I saw you today." I said, "Yeah." He said, "What's wrong?" 
Oh. And something was wrong. I was going through with, with another uh, an issue. Um, and he saw it. But the fact that he stepped away and saw that, and he said, okay, I'm going to call you four times a day. I got you, brother. And But the biggest thing for him is, um, man, he is like this authentic dude. He, same thing, though. Like he, That dude thinks he's going to be broke next week. He literally thinks he's going to have seven bucks in his pocket again next week. And for me, we're a special. Here's the biggest star in the world, and yet we call each other and send each other notes and lean on, on each other for mental health almost every day. Wow. Whether it's when I had that anxiety attack the other night, I reached out to him, struggling, and there was another issue I was going through. Hey, how did you handle this? Yeah. And boom. When I had the book, too, again, he's like, you're going to be that voice of the gray for all of us, and I'm going to put my team behind you also. Wow. Because it's going to help you. It's going to help me. It's going to help a lot of us. Mm -hmm. It's going to help the next generation of Dwayne's and Jay's out there and stuff. So he's very selfless. He's incredibly selfless. And that's the biggest lesson I learned from him is you could be the biggest star in the world and be, still be incredibly selfless. Yeah. Still just give, give, give. And I think he does so much charity work and all this work he does for people. Same thing. He's trying to show himself, I'm okay. Like when you work so hard and you get all that rejection that he did or I did or you did, right? Mm -hmm. You swim upstream all those years. It's exhausting. It is. So, yeah, it, it takes, it, it, it beats down your soul a lot. So we're there to love each other up, man. I'm, it's just so crazy he became him, my yeah. little niece, <laughs> who looks like Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first meet him? Have you guys known each other for I a while? I did a movie with him called A Game Plan, a Disney movie, where I was just like, and I just started messing with him. Again, the, the laughter part. I messed yeah. with everybody. Yeah. And it just kind of stood out. Everybody else was like, and I was just, so when I go down and do ballers, like he'd be over there with his team and then everybody else would be over here and I'd come joking. walking through and I'd be like, <laughs> where's Sasquatch? I can't work like this. And I'd go through and, you know, he would sit there and he would be like, he'd have his lines. And I'm like, don't say it like that. He's like, who are you telling that act? I'm like, I got this what I do for a living. He's yeah. like, no, you don't. I'm just messing with them. Or I would change my lines. They eventually had, it went from, Scripts, they said to like Glazer scripts, at least for my size. <laughs> to the just they just notes. knew. They, yeah, just, they just knew. It was a bullet point. Yeah, yeah just say something. They knew I just wouldn't remember it. And, so, <laughs> and I was just being myself. So I would mess with them all the time. And we try and get a little, you know, me, I, I, I run a fun locker room. So I try and make it rancid and dirty and kind of shock value. And they kept most of it. Uh, that's yeah, great, man. It was great. You got a great little cameo in there every time I see you. Yeah, I was like, I that's five great seasons of that. It's pretty big, man. Right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. It was, all, it was like, that was, that's the. Obviously, Fox and Neville Sunday for me every week is just incredible because that's our locker room. Yeah, it's fun. And we sit back there and watch games together and just it's pretty awesome. crush each other. Yeah. And there's six of us on the show, and there's 19 personalities. And Bradshaw and I have 11 of those. Yeah. So, <laughs> But Ballers was so much fun. That's cool. Because I probably could, I didn't care because I'm not an actor. Right. So you're like, I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. I'm you're not like, being judged fire by me, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. <laughs> I can't care. But I also do they're not firing me. I got this guy. I'm all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's going to keep coming in. Yeah. I'm okay. That's amazing. And he would just be like, yeah, just keep rolling. I would just, so almost, I mean, I would say, <laughs> yeah, 90% of my stuff probably wasn't, it was supposed to be scripted. I just didn't follow it. That's amazing, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about people to get this book, Unbreakable, How I Turned My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation, and you can too. This is powerful because I think a lot of people feel unmotivated when they have anxious thoughts, stress, depression. Uh, or just issues where they don't feel worthy, don't feel loved, don't feel enough. Yeah. I know I faced a lot of that in my life, but I was... What was I, your turning point? Man, I was driven 
the thing is I had a drive to prove everyone wrong about me. So everyone, you know, just being bottom of my class, special needs, picked on, That's being kind of, of tall. Of pressure. You were the short kid. I was, a, yeah. I was this tall when I was like 11, but not this built. So I was like this goofy kind of like big eared, you know, big teeth. Just they made fun of the appearance. So it wasn't until I really turned 16, 18, 20 where I started to fill out my body. So it's kind of like the opposite. You know, right. I was tall, but I was made fun of being tall. And so I just remember many moments being made fun of, picked yeah. last and, you know, on the playground, whatever it is for little sports. And just being like, I'm going to prove everyone wrong who's made fun of me, who's doubted me. Were you resentful to them? Do you want to get back at them? I just wanted to show them, look, I did something that they never thought I could do. Okay. And it drove me to get incredible results. Mm -hmm. And that it gave me motivation, but it was a motivation out of more anger and resentment than love and inspiration. Okay. And so I would accomplish and achieve. And then I transitioned from sports. And then I played with the USA handball team for yeah. nine years. Played, you know. Uh, I don't know how your knees held up in that. I know, right? Are you kidding me? And, but I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this in sports. And then I did it in business. But yes. then I hit a turning point at 30, I'm 39 now. Where I was like, I'm accomplishing and accomplishing and accomplishing, but I still don't feel lovable and I don't feel enough. The turning point was facing the sexual abuse okay. and talking about it and allowing myself to be vulnerable. And that's where everything shifted because I was in a, such a competitive mindset. I had to win at everything. I had to be the number one and win at everything at everyone else's expense of being a loser. And if I lost, then I was worthless. I was not good enough. Oh. Even if I broke, the day I broke the world record for the most yards in a game, we lost. So I was beating myself up for days. Even That's though, a good quality though, because you lose, it's not. Yeah, I, I wasn't lost. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it, great quality. Yeah, but it, it wasn't until I hit 30 and I started down a healing journey of therapy and lots of different stuff where I said, it's not going to be about competition, it's going to be about collaboration. It's about how can I win and how can I get everyone else to win yeah. with me. Yes. And that collaborative, and I, and I didn't know collaboration was a thing. I knew teamwork was a thing, but not against someone else like collaboration. Right, right, right. So now it's just like, how can I win by lifting yeah. everyone else up? Exactly how right. can I make you win? Right. How can I shine the light on you, put you on a platform, support your message, your mission to serve people, and in return, good things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, good things are going to happen to me. As opposed to, I need to be the biggest show, the best yeah. show, the, the most successful in the world to make me feel yeah. good. Instead, how can I serve the world yeah. and I feel great? That, that's the, and that's that give-give, right? That loyalty yeah, I course. talked about, how it'd be. And that, you know, whenever we train football players, you know, I've helped a lot of coaches kind of move up in yeah. the NFL ranks, and that's why I have this loyalty. But I always tell them, listen, I know I'm crazy. If you follow along, man, we'll change your grandkids' lives. Yeah. Right? So it's like, we'll lift you to such stuff, but it's not... We don't get anything out of it. Right. This is for you to Absolutely. change your kids. And when I do see that, and this guy gets a head coaching job or makes a pro bowl, or just or starts getting up here where he can give back to charities that, again, when things happen to other people, you ask, so you, your question was, what's the best thing that's happened to me? I don't see that. If you said to me, what's made you feel the best out of, it's when something's happened to everybody else. Like yeah, you were saying, yeah. you lift people up, then I have something tangible for me. Right. Man, this has happened, that's happened. I've walked this walk with this person. I've helped this person overcome mm -hmm. this. I've got, they've gotten up here now. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's really the key to success. Absolutely. Right? The best thing that's ever happened to me that I think at this moment was learning how to heal my heart. Mm -hmm. 
because my heart was in a prison yeah. for so long and it felt trapped and it felt painful yeah. and it felt tension and all these things and learning how to, and it's a journey. It's not like it's one night, it's, it's all better. It's been like a journey of finding, having more inner peace than I did stress. Cause it used to be all stress and anxiety and I couldn't sleep at night. It would just be up all night thinking, worrying, stressed. Learning how to find inner peace has been a game changer. Cause I feel like I have more energy. Yeah. And look at, it's hard to see right now that we live in a good world, right? There's yeah, so much stuff. Yeah. However, look at two guys right here who are in sports uh -huh. who've talked now about sexual trauma, yeah. suicide, depression, depression anxiety, anxiety everything. cried here. Yeah. Like, so we are actually coming along a lot further in certain ways Absolutely. to make this world a better place. Like that's our only, it's kind of our only hope moving forward for this yeah. next generation. Absolutely. Right? I think specifically for men who are holding on yeah. to trauma. I think in order for the world to heal and relationships to heal, I think men need to yeah. heal personally and start talking more like this. And it's interesting because I thought, obviously me being center of dudism with you know football and fighting and bowlers, I thought it was gonna be a male-centric book and uh, yeah. it's majority female of like, yeah. God, that's so they can, and they're saying hey to their boyfriends or husbands and they're all just like, hey, that's not me. Yes. You're, it's definitely you, and that's why what we got to get man. dudes to get dude. it. So like, it's you, dude. It's so you. You tell me this <laughs> it's is. Just I, so wrote, you. I wrote a book five years ago called "The Mask of Masculinity," which was yes. for men yeah, yeah. on how to open up and be, be vulnerable. vulnerable. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Almost all 80% women bought it right. and try to give it to the men. But this is the challenge that, that, that yeah. we're going to face where women are going to hopefully bring this in and share with their guys more. And this is why we got to continue to be a Trojan horse, you know, mm -hmm. talk about sports and do the rough and tough mm -hmm. stuff, but slide in the vulnerability when yeah. we can, I think. But it's, so. it, did you, were you able to make that did it switch over it? Or is it still? Yeah, there's a long tail now where it's oh, like, so you got to tell me off it, here. You got to tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great. I was kind of shocked. I thought it was just, yeah. you know, but it's but you, like I had dinner recently, um, and there was a couple there I'm friends with, and this dude's a big dude, and his wife was sitting there with me, and his wife was like, 
it, it, she was just telling me what it, somebody said, oh, just just wrote a book. And she's like, and we just talked about um, how Miss USA just committed suicide. Who's right. the most beautiful girl in the world right. felt that lonely, that alone, yeah. right? And this woman said to me, that's me, that's how I feel. Oh, and man. I said, well, talk to your teammate. He's right there. And she right. says, he won't get it. And I said, you deserve to have him understand what you're going through. Mm. You deserve this. At least try it, yeah. Right. And she literally is saying that she wants, and I said, you need to, and I called him over and I said, and she said, we have some homework. And he said, I heard about his book. And she said, I do need you to read a couple of these chapters with me. So like that's, oh, that's good, yes, man. yes, but that's exactly what you're talking about. It took a woman. <clears throat> yeah, to, of course. And she's like, he won't get it. Well, dudes need to start getting it. Absolutely. They need to start getting it. They deserve to get it. Their wives and girlfriends and their moms and dads and children, they deserve for them to get it. But most importantly, the dudes themselves deserve it. They deserve Absolutely. not to be in this kind of pain that we're talking about. Absolutely. I don't man. deserve this pain. Absolutely. I didn't sign up for it. I know. Well, you're working, I could through, use it. you're working through yeah. it, too. It's just beautiful. I could use it, man. I've got two final questions for you. Before I ask them, um, I want people to get a copy of the book. Get it for your friends. If you have a friend that maybe is feeling more stressed or anxious, get them a copy to really inspire them. Um, follow you all over social media. You're mostly on Instagram, right? Is that the main place you're hanging Instagram, out? Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, you, you're a lot on Both Twitter, Instagram too. Instagram, too. Yeah. My IG following sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you can share more here on Twitter. Well, I used to break stories on Twitter all the time, but yeah, now yeah. I try not to look on social media because it's just, For the anxiety. yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it pulls me down. So, so follow them too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> check, if you're in LA, check out Unbreakable. It's an amazing gym. Yeah. It's world class. It's so inspiring and it's going to get you, I mean, Breakable performance center, an yeah. another level it, of... It, uh, and it's a great community. It's the only gym in America. I have a therapist in there. That's incredible. I hired a full-time therapist in there. That's cool. So, because that's when, like, for me, after I'm done working out is when I feel the most vulnerable, I'm going to talk. That is cool, man. And our motto is we build you from the inside out. Oh, that I love okay? that. I love that, man. And there's not the only gym in America missing no mirrors. That's cool. Because I don't want anybody's back turned to the rest of the gym. Wow. If you're sitting there checking yourself out, you got your back turned to everybody else. Wow. So we really are. We build you up from the inside out. That is cool, yeah, man. Appreciate it. Um, so make sure you guys check yes. that out. This is a question. And, and anybody can get in. Yeah, of course. This is a question I ask everyone towards the end of the show. It's called Three Truths. Okay. So I'd like you to imagine a hypothetical scenario. It's well, your, well, then it wouldn't be true. <laughs> <laughs> the scenario is it's your last day on earth, many years away. Okay. You get to live as long as you want to live. Mm -hmm. You get to accomplish everything. You put out more books, you're, you know, whatever you want to do, you do it, right? But for whatever reason, you've got to take all of your books, this interview, video content, anything of you speaking or saying anything, written, audio, video, it's got to go to the next place. So no one has access to your information anymore, just memory. But you get to leave behind three lessons to the world, three things you know to be true, and this is all we would have to remember right. you by. What would you say would be those three lessons or three truths? Vulnerability is true strength. Ooh, yeah. That's right out the gate. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is true strength. The secret of success is outworking the world and being loyal. Um, and... The last one would be uh, love yourself up. Ooh. Yeah, we got to give ourselves a break. Amen. All right? Learn to love yourself up. Try to learn to love yourself up. That's beautiful. I want to, before I ask the final question, Jay, I want to acknowledge you for going on this journey. I think it's yeah. really hard for men in general, but specifically a guy like you from Jersey in this world, kind of growing up, you know, before me when this stuff wasn't even talked about. 
to be able to open up about it, write a book, pour your heart out to the world, and really share a lot of rough stuff that you're sharing here and the vulnerabilities at the platform that you have. I think it's really inspiring. And that. you're allowing other men like you to be inspired yeah. to do the same with you know their communities, that. their families, their you know, girlfriends, whatever it might be. So I really acknowledge you for Thank you. For doing the work, showing up, and uh, being willing to not be perfect, not have it all yeah. figured out. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful journey, man. I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited for you. And like I said, I'm look. I'm trying to learn to love myself. I'm, I'm trying to learn to be loved because, like, yeah, I like that's all I want is to be loved and have that love, right? And I haven't felt worthy of it, so it's probably, it's gotten away of most of my a lot of my relationships. And now I think I'm if I can, you know, again with this, the more I can do that, I could. Hopefully, feel feel that worthiness, yeah, then I'll man. have that happiness I've been kind of searching for. Of course, man, yeah. it's, it's coming. That, it's this is journey. part of the process, That's what I'm man. Saying. It's that journey there where probably wasn't I couldn't recognize it years ago, but now that I'm talking about it like this, this is the version of me mm. that I do want somebody else to be with and me Absolutely. to be with. Absolutely, yeah. man. That's beautiful, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, final question: What's your definition of greatness? It's this thing lifting somebody else up. Yeah, this isn't being cliche, like. Again, it's it's um. It's not success in like a career. Mm-hmm. No, it's how you use wherever you have for somebody else. But it's like you see what some of the great like the great ones have done for what they've done yeah. with their platform. Right. That's greatness. Yeah. If you just do it for yourself, it's not greatness. You've just done a lot of really good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've accomplished some things, but it's not greatness. Greatness when you lift everybody else up, right? Like, listen, I, I said it in Strahan's Hall of Fame speech. I said, you know, <clears throat> being a great player, you're, you know, you're great. But Hall of Famer, you lift up everybody else around mm. you. Yeah, that's, that's what greatness is, lifting up everybody else around you. That's a great definition. I always say that success is what you do for yourself. Greatness is what you do for others. There we go. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range in a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.